you for tuning in to Jason DeMars Live. Every Tuesday and Friday at 7.30 a.m. Eastern Time, I teach on various biblical topics. Get in contact with me at jasondemars.com. Let me know what topics you would like me to cover in future videos. I have free books and tracks available for you to order and shipping is free as well. Make sure to subscribe and click the little bell to get notified when I post a new video. Good morning, everyone. May the Lord richly bless you. Thank you so much for listening in. And just want to remind everyone, you can order free uh, books and shipping is free on our website. Also want to ask you to remember the missions work in the Middle East in prayer. We're continuing to work with brothers there, um, in particular on translation work. We're finished with book six and we're sending that to the printer um, in the process of uh, paying off the editor and so forth and and continuing to work on translating sermons of Brother Branham. So we use the Supernatural series, if you're familiar with it, as an outreach tool, a way to help people get established in the message because God has vindicated this message that he sent through Brother Branham in such an incredible way. And the Supernatural series by Brother Owen Jorgensen does a marvelous job of demonstrating that clearly and we thank the Lord for that we use that quite a bit and so um, we will continue to do that that's been translated into Farsi into Arabic the two languages that I'm working with uh, believers overseas um, and so I think the last sermon that was translated of Brother Branham was Modern Events Made Clear by Prophecy. We're just continuing to work to get a good seed library of Brother Branham's most uh, important messages. They're all important, but the most important and vital messages in the Arabic language made available as soon as we possibly can to believers there. And so we're going to continue on our topic, what, is, what does it mean to be a spiritual man? The reason for my going into this topic is that I've seen a lot of confusion about this and people thinking, okay, this is what it means to be spiritual. And yet that the reality is it's lacking being a spiritual person, and I want to look at what that exactly means. We have some people listening in that have sent their greetings. Sister Chantel from Madawaska, God bless you. Sister Mai, God bless you. Sister Jennifer, God bless you. Sister Sarah, thank you for listening in. We're praying for you. Um, she had a prayer request um, that she sent in to me that I wanted to make known to everyone uh, to be in prayer for. Um, Sister Sarah says, I've been under the care of a respirologist since March of 2020. Constant tests and different Band-Aid medications for a condition called eosinophilic asthma. Um, there's The doctor said there's a, a new remedy for that. Um, you know, the problem what happens with her is she just has these terrible times of coughing. And so 
the remedy is very, very expensive, and so it's a difficult situation, and she needs the Lord's provision with that. Um, asking that you'd pray. I believe the Lord is more than able to heal her and to, to deliver her. Um, before we end uh, this video, I want to spend some time in prayer for her. If any of the rest of you have prayer requests that are listening in, please let me know. I'd like to make them known before the Lord. Um, Brother Andre, God bless you. Thank you so much for listening in. I, be I believe Brother Andre is from uh, South Africa, so appreciate you, brother. Okay, so let's get to our topic. What does it mean to be a spiritual man? Part two. So Philippians 1, 28 through 30. So, so before I read the scripture, excuse me, I, I want to take a moment and say uh, being a spiritual person has a lot of different definitions. We see very frequently people will say, I'm, well, I'm spiritual. Instead of saying they're a Christian, they say they're spiritual. And many times that's leading someone to believe, especially in our day and age, that maybe they're involved in um, witchcraft or the New Age movement. But when we're looking, this as, looking at this as Christians, we understand that when we're talking about spiritual, we're talking really about somebody that is Holy Ghost filled and someone that's growing in maturity. Uh, but what does that look like, growing in maturity? That's what we want to talk about. For Philippians 1, 28 through 30. And in nothing terrified by your adversaries, which is to them evident token of perdition, but to you of salvation and that of God. For unto you it is given in the behalf of Christ not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for his sakes, having the same conflict which ye saw in me, and now here to be in me. So first of all, Paul says we're not afraid of our enemies. And this is a <clears throat> excuse me, an evident token that they the enemy has lost. So when we're afraid of our enemies, it's a token to the enemy that he has a foothold, has a stronghold. But when we're not living in fear of the enemy, this is an evident token. Hey, this person is not afraid, therefore I've lost. But to you of salvation and that of God. So our, our lack of fear towards the enemy shows that we are delivered and that the enemy has lost. Amen. A spiritual person is lacking in fear of the enemy because first he has reverence for God and he knows that God is in complete control of his life. God is totally sovereign and God cannot be defeated. So it's Paul says, for unto you it is given in the behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for his sake. So in other words, this is a trial. This is an affliction. The Lord has allowed it in your life in order to suffer for the sake of Christ. And when you do it without fear, it shows 
that you have the victory. Amen. And he says, we, we all have the same conflict. We're all going through the same thing. We're all in this together. Brother Branham says, and what is the attraction on the mountain? Uh, July 25th, 1965. And if scribe, preachers, ministers, spiritual man, so-called anointed ones, would only read the Bible, they wouldn't be wondering what's taking place. They would know what it is, God fulfilling his word. There's our first time of looking at this. A spiritual man would know what's taking place. God is fulfilling his word. So a spiritual man will possess spiritual knowledge. And we're going to talk about that more. We're going to look at more quotes and more scripture. From the sermon, questions and answers, number one, August 23rd, 1964. See, they'll have to be born just exactly like their father and mother was born of the Spirit. See, that's what makes a man a new person is because he's born again, reborn. His first birth brings him a natural man on earth. His second birth brings him a spiritual man of heaven. It changes him, his soul. Not his outward conscience, his outward being, his senses. He still feel and smell, taste, and hear, but his inward parts, his desires, what motivates him, has been changed to God. So that's where it starts. To be a spiritual man, you have to be born of the Spirit of God. You have to be changed and transformed. In October 3rd, 1958, looking at the unseen, Brother Branham says, but the spiritual man on the inside, if you'll give him the right away, he might lead you to a little mission somewhere where there's not many people, but there's the spirit of the living God. For the outside man feeds on psychology and intellectual, but the inside man feeds on the word of God. Amen. So what is the prophet saying right there? The spiritual man doesn't look at the outward circumstances and say, man, I can't go to that church because they don't have a dynamic worship program. Uh, they, they're not very big. They don't have a huge uh, youth ministry. The spiritual man says, I need to feed on the word of God. Yes, it's wonderful to have a good worship program. Yes, it's wonderful to have a good youth program. You know, we, we I think every church should have that. But the spiritual man is looking at what he's feeding on. Outside man feeds on psychology and intellect. Inside man feeds on the word of God. If you're feeding on the word of God, that will be your priority. You'll be finding a place to worship that is preaching the word of God in its fullness. All right. Let's look at some other outward things of the spiritual man. The spiritual man takes care of what he needs to take care of. He, he fulfills his duty. He fulfills his calling. He fulfills his purpose. 1 Timothy 5.8 But if any man, any provide not for his own, especially for those of his own house, he has denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. A spiritual man knows his responsibilities and he takes takes them seriously and it doesn't have to be just a man we're talking about brothers and sisters spiritual man man in the sense of mankind human humanity spiritual man knows 
his place, knows his position. She knows her place. She knows her position. And she fulfills it, does what she, her duty is to do before God because it's her delight to do the will of God or his delight to do the will of God. Proverbs 24.3 says, Through wisdom is in a house builded, and by understanding it is established. Now, let's get this in balance. Let's talk about this because we don't want to be so emphasizing on knowledge that we forget that whatever knowledge or understanding or wisdom we have it has to be from the Spirit of God and it has to be based upon spiritual revelation. But it doesn't say through speaking in tongues is a house builded. Through speaking in tongues is a house builded and by dancing in the Spirit it is established. Okay, I believe in speaking in tongues, I believe in all nine spiritual gifts. I believe in dancing in the spirit. I believe in shouting. I believe in altar calls. I believe in the power of God falling in meetings and people screaming, crying. I believe in the apostolic Bible manifestations of the spirit. But I believe in things being in order. And it is through wisdom that a house is builded. And by understanding it is established. We don't ever discount or speak down about the power of God and the signs following the believers. That's, that's for our time. That's for our age. We're not trying to get away from that. We just want to be in the right order scripturally. In January 21st, 1961, the sermon Mary's Belief, Brother Branham says, we're looking for a heavenly visitor in this day. It's a promise of God. Put on your deep spiritual thinking quick, church, and remember, we are now looking for a visitor, and there's many claiming it, but the only way we'll know this heavenly visitor, because he'll bear record of the word. Amen. He bears record of the word. And he has an, he, he, this, he says, we'll know this heavenly visitor because we put on our spiritual thinking in Christ is the mystery of God revealed 1963 brother Branham says I'm not talking about that and you that spiritual minded understand so people that are spiritual minded will understand what he's talking about again in the same sermon then the head and the body are becoming one in works and in sign and in life, hallelujah, vindicated by God himself through his promised word for the last days. He promised this in the last days. Now, if you're spiritual, you'll catch it. Then we can see that the marriage supper is at hand. All right, so there we go. If you're spiritual, you will catch it. In other words, if you're spiritual, you'll understand the revelation that's coming forth from the word. Same works, same signs, same life, vindicated by God in the body. Amen. Now let's look at the scripture. Scripture bear record, bears record of what Brother Branham says as well. 
Ephesians 1, 16 through 19. Paul speaking of his prayers for the, the believers. He says, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. All right, so there we go. Paul's prayer is not that the people would dance in the spirit, that they would speak with tongues, that they would sigh and cry. No, he knew that if this thing got in order, the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, the life would be in order. It wouldn't be dead. If you have that literal life of Jesus Christ living in you by the revelation of the word, then it produces all these other things. You know, again, I'm going to emphasize this. We don't just want spiritual, on the one hand, we want spiritual knowledge here. And over here, well, I just want this uh, supernatural and the emotional. No, I want bo- we want both. But what's the order? It's the order of the word. Brother Branham came to restore the order of the word. And then knowing that, then the word has its effect and it produces sighing and crying for the abominations done in the city. Sighing and crying in the presence of the Lord. Uh, repenting over sins. Altar calls. People coming forward, giving their hearts, sobbing, tears of repentance before the Lord, dancing in the Spirit, all these things. But we first must come in subjection to the Word. A person can have all those outward manifestations without the Word. We want the Word to produce that. Amen? So so he says, I'm going to read verse 17 again, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may have given to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. uh, Verse 18, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power. God bless you, Brother Isol. God bless you, Brother Stephen. Thank you for listening in. see that you're listening in. One from uh, Uganda, one from Pakistan. God bless you. All right. So we notice the apostle here is saying that the revelation... The spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of God with with your eyes of understanding being opened and enlightened to know what's the hope of the calling, what's the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and the exceeding greatness of his power in us who believe. So it's like the apostle is telling us, Revelation of the Word unlocks the supernatural power of God in our lives. And we need that supernatural power in our lives 
in order to produce the life of Christ. We don't believe in a dead service, in a dead church, in a uh, people just coming and going through the motions, but we believe in the, the Holy Spirit falling upon the people. But remember, the, the anointing can come and gifts can be produced and it can be anti-word. So again, we want things in order as the prophet taught us. Colossians 2, 1 through 7. This is also my burden. Uh, Brother Robinson, God bless you from India. Colossians 2, 1 through 7. For I would that ye knew what great conflict I have for you and for them at Laodicea. For, and for as many uh, as not, have not seen my face in the flesh. Verse 2. That their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love, and into all riches of the full assurance of understanding through the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ. All right, so there we have the full assurance of understanding in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I want, I want, to, look, I want to look in your eye and I want to tell you, knowledge and understanding of the word is not a bad curse word. God, God, this is Paul's prayer, is that we would have a full assurance of understanding. He didn't say, I pray that you'd have a full assurance of being emotional in the service. He knew that that would come. But what did he pray for? A full assurance of understanding and acknowledgement of the mystery of the word in whom are hidden all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And this I say, lest any man should beguile you with enticing words. Ah, he's saying this so we would have spiritual discernment, so we would judge between truth and error. We judge between righteousness and unrighteousness. He wants us to have a spiritual understanding so that we can judge what is true and what is false. Verse 5, for though I be absent in the flesh, yet am I with you in the spirit, joying and beholding your order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. Verse 6, as you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, built, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. There we go, right there. Paul's prayer is that we would be have the full assurance of understanding to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ in whom are hidden all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I don't want you to be beguiled and deceived. And he, then he says this, that he, you would be rooted and built up established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Abounding in what? Abounding in faith. Abounding in revelation, which produces an understanding with thanksgiving. So abounding in revelation with thanksgiving. 
Ah, we see now our rejoicing, our worship, our shouting, our crying. All of those things, it comes out of, it should come out of the revelation that God has placed within our our hearts to produce this understanding which we have of the word. 2 Timothy 2, 7, Consider what I say, and the Lord give thee understanding in all things. Amen. So, Paul writing to Timothy, he says, Think about what I say. Consider it. Put it in your heart. Think about it. And the Lord give you understanding. So, he, he, his desire that the, with that a clear understanding would be made known to Timothy about the things that he was speaking about. All right. 1 John 5, verse 20. And we know that the Son of God is come and hath given us an understanding. Uh-huh. The Son of God has come and he's given us an understanding. Our minds comprehend what is being spoken so that we might know him that is true and we are in him that is true, even in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. Jesus came to bring us a revelatory understanding of the word. He came to make the word manifest so we would see it live and we would manifest it in our own lives. All right, I'm going to keep going. More scriptures here. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal for God, of God, but not according to knowledge. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. So it's possible to be zealous for God. Zealous speaks of a burning a fire, a burning passion. Paul says they have a burning passion for God, but not according to knowledge. Their understanding isn't right. They shout, they scream, they rejoice, they cry, they dance in the spirit, they they have different gifts operating but not according to knowledge. We need to have a zeal for God according to knowledge. His purpose for us is to have zeal with knowledge. Okay? Not zeal without knowledge, but zeal with knowledge. Not human knowledge, not studied knowledge that we learned in seminary, but knowledge that comes by the Spirit of God operating in our lives through spiritual revelation. And spiritual revelation comes by what? The hearing of the word. Romans 15, 14, And I myself also am persuaded of you, my brethren, that you are also full of goodness, that ye also are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, able also to admonish one another. It's God's purpose that you would be filled with all knowledge. That doesn't mean about philosophy. That doesn't mean about uh, uh, home construction. That means about the knowledge of the word. That's God's 
purpose for you, not that you would be puffed up by it, as we read in this next scripture, 1 Corinthians 8.1, but as touching things offered unto idols, we know that we all have knowledge. Knowledge puffeth up, but charity, love, edifies. And if any man think that he knoweth anything, he knows not, nothing yet as he ought to know. But if any man love God, the same is known of him. So what is Paul saying here? That we shouldn't have knowledge. He's saying in all these other scriptures we should have knowledge, and now all of a sudden he's saying we shouldn't have knowledge. No, that's not what he's saying. If any man thinks he knows something, all right, it's not so what we know, it's what God has revealed. We never would have known it. Whatever we have of knowledge, it's come for, coming from the grace of God. But if we have if we have personal knowledge, you can have personal, personally grow up in the church, be around the church, and have knowledge of the things of God. That's different than having a spiritual revelation to know the things of God. If you have spiritual revelation to know the things of God, it will produce love. If you have human knowledge that's learned surrounding the things of revelation, if you have that human knowledge, it can certainly produce pride and anger. The verse before that we read, Romans 15, 14, My brethren, I am persuaded of you that you are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, able to admonish one another. What is the purpose of knowledge, spiritual revelation? It helps us to grow, but it also helps us to admonish one another. 1 Corinthians 15, 34, Awake to righteousness and sin not, for some have not the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. My goodness, awake to righteousness and sin not. Some have not the knowledge of God. He's saying some of you believers have not no, no knowledge of God. This is shameful. 2 Corinthians 4, 6, For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the faith or the person, in the face of Jesus Christ, in the persona, the person of Jesus Christ. So we are given the, 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 the God's supernatural light has shined into our hearts so that we would know the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. No, we don't see it with our physical eyes, but we see it with spiritual eyes by revelation in our hearts. When we see the word of God describe the life of Jesus Christ, that becomes a light in our hearts, a manifestation of who God is to us and for us and in us. So that's the knowledge that he wants to bring us. Second Corinthians eleven six. but though I be rude in speech, yet not in knowledge, but we have been throughly man made manifest among you in all things. So Paul's saying, I might be rude in speech, but I'm not rude in knowledge. I have knowledge. I have an understanding by revelation. Ephesians 3, 4, whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. Uh, Ephesians 4, 11 through 15. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers 
for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. So to know something unto a perfect man unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie and wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. So part of the work of the fivefold ministry is to bear record of the word in such a way that the people grow to a maturity of understanding, of knowledge of the word, so that they wouldn't go be tossed here and there, back and forth by any kind of doctrine that breezes through. Philippians 1, 9 and 10. And this I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment. That your love, what? That your love might abound more and more in knowledge and in all judgment. That you may approve things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. So he wants us to love in such a way that we grow in knowledge and in judgment, judging right from wrong, truth from error. He wants us to know the truth in such a way that our love would abound in knowledge and judgment. It's a strange way of speaking, but it's like it's like saying, we want your life to manifest the word in such a way that you're abounding in knowledge and judgment, that you're growing in your understanding so that you would approve the things that are right and disapprove the things that are wrong. Colossians 3.10, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. The new man, the spiritual man, is renewed in knowledge. His understanding changes. His mind changes when the word comes to him and he becomes a reflection of that word. Just a few more scriptures and one more quote. Second Peter 1, 2-3, Grace, peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. Verse 3, according as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that called us to glory and virtue. For if these things be in you and abound, they make that you make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Peter is saying, We want your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ to be fruitful. We don't want you to be barren. We want you to bear the fruit of the knowledge of the word. When the knowledge of the word comes to us by revelation, it will bear fruit in the measure of the stature of the fullness of God. He's given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Through what? Through the knowledge of him. So it's through the spiritual revelation of knowledge that comes into our heart that we have been given all things that pertain to life and godliness. Strange, isn't it? But it's the word. Second Peter 3.18, But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. 
To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. It is not a bad word for us to say, I want, I really want you all to grow in knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I want you to increase in your knowledge, in your understanding, in your revelation. I want you to grow in that knowledge of him. No, not by going to seminary. Through prayer, through spiritual revelation, through reading the word, through studying the message, through feeding on what the prophet says. That's how we want each believer to grow. Now I'm going to finish with this quote. January 17th, 1965, in a paradox, Brother Branham says, But now, in the last days, we are given the understanding by the word that we are going to understand it because it will come an Ephesian age to it. All right. So he says, we're going to understand the word. We're going to receive a spiritual understanding of the word because it'll come to an Ephesians age. In other words, we're going to be restored back to the original faith and we're going to receive a spirit, spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That's this, a spiritual man has a spiritual understanding and it produces a supernatural life that the very life of Christ is manifested in us. And that love within our hearts would cause us to abound in knowledge and judgment. Amen. Well, I just want to bring that to a close there. A spiritual man has a spiritual understanding and revelation of the word that produces wisdom and judgment, love, and the fruit of the Spirit. It manifests the very life of Christ, the supernatural power of God, the dynamic power that comes in our lives, comes through that spiritual revelation and understanding that comes into our hearts. So, thank you so much for listening in. Sure, appreciate you. Um, Want to just close this in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus. And we want to lift up Sister Sarah, who wrote in that prayer request about her lungs and lung capacity. And uh, Lord, she needs a touch from you, Lord. So I'm just lifting my hands up to you according to your promise. By his stripes, Sister Sarah has been healed. Lord, I just command healing into her body in the name of Jesus Christ. And anyone else that is listening, Lord, may, they, may their faith now take hold of you, touch them in a mighty way, in a supernatural way. May people receive healing from uh, migraine headaches. May they receive healing from back pain. May they receive the answers that they're looking for in their lives. May they receive, Lord, there's people that are seeking to know your will and your purpose, Lord. Would you fulfill that, that in them, Lord? There's people that are seeking healing from mind battles. Lord, would you touch and restore them? Lord, there's people that are uh, 
dealing with depression, Lord, would you help them to raise up and to fight against the enemy. I rebuke and bind the enemy that's coming against these believers in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we ask your hand be upon each one, that your Holy Spirit would be upon each one. We commit them to you. I commit myself to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you, saints. Have a wonderful day. I will see you on Friday, 7.30 a.m. Eastern Time. May the Lord richly bless you. Thank you for listening to Jason DeMar's live podcast. New episodes are posted every Tuesday and Friday. We thank you all for listening in. You can also find me on Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube to watch the video portion of this. May the Lord richly bless you. Thank you.